divine timing, divine timing, divine timing. And uh, I would like us to, um, I, I like to always read from the scriptures. Um, it helps, don't you think so? Oops, yeah. So let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we ask, oh God, that your word will penetrate our hearts. Teach us what you want to teach us. Show us what you want to show us. Enlighten our path and um, direct us, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so well, the book of Ezra was written, uh, it basically it's about an individual called Ezra. Can somebody say that? Ezra. Is there somebody named Ezra here? Like a middle name or something. Okay, but it was written about a gentleman by the name of Ezra. Ezra was a priest, and his responsibility was to um, restore temple worship in Jerusalem. So here's the background. Ezra had been, uh, was among those who were captives. It's likely that he was even born in captivity because Judah they, they was, was, was conquered because of their sins. And they were taken uh, the Jews were taken into captivity under the Persian kingdom. Prior to that time, prophet Jeremiah had prophesied, it's recorded in Jeremiah chapter 25, that a time will come, and he was hated for this prophecy, when the people uh, of Judah, because of their sin, will be captured by a Persian king, and they will be removed from that land and be taken over to Persia, and that they will be there for 70 years. Okay, now Isaiah also prophesied uh, 200 years before that there will be a man by the name of Cyrus who would be a servant of God, a heathen king, but God would use him as a servant to restore the children uh, of Judah back to Jerusalem and that the temple will be rebuilt. That is in Isaiah chapter 45. So 200 years prior, the prophet Isaiah had given the name of King Cyrus and what he would do. And then Jeremiah, a hundred plus years before Cyrus came to the throne, gave the timeline that, he, that uh, the, the, the people of Judah would be held captive in a foreign land, 70 years. Now, if someone says that uh, you, something would happen to, for your family, it's a good thing, but you have to wait for it for 70 years. If you are 50, you'll say, well, <laughs> okay, you know. If you are 10, you think, oh, I'd be 80 by then. You know, it's like a long time. But to God, is it a long time? No, it's a flicker of a moment. Because he's eternal in sphere as far, as far as time is concerned. So Ezra came on in, you know, when it was time for this prophecy to be fulfilled, that's when Ezra came into the picture. But there's something interesting. The book of Ezra opens and the first six chapters, you don't see anything about Ezra. This book opens with, without a mention of Ezra. The first thing we find in this book Remember, we're talking about divine timing. So the time had come for the children of Israel. The 70 years was up. They were now to go back. Who would make it happen? 
What is the process for this? You know, God is interested sometimes. He will say something. I will do this. I will make a way. Rivers in the wilderness you will find. But he doesn't describe the process. To Joseph, he says you will be great. But he does not describe the process. All we find is the time comes, then you see all of the different things that would happen. Did Joseph know that he would be sold and that he would go to Egypt? Did he have the full picture, yes or no? Those of you who know the story of Joseph, did he have the full picture? No. Do you have the full picture? But most times we hear what the Lord says about us. We know who we are to marry. We know sometimes where we are to go and, and work. We sometimes know who we should relate with because, you know, we get a feeling in our hazard. This is not the way to go. We, we get all of these pointers. But then a lot of times you don't get any more details. So the book of Ezra is about Ezra, <laughs> but you are reading six chapters and there's really not that much of a mention of Ezra. So what do we see in the first verse? I'm going to read the first verse. Uh, can we read it together? Do we have it up there? Do we have a uh, scripture? Okay, thank you. So let's go, everybody. Let's read it together. Let's, let's enjoy the scriptures together, this one. Let's go. To go. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send throughout his kingdom. Let me ask you a question. How did God bring the prophecy to pass? What was the first thing he did? Go back to verse 1. What did he do? He did what? He stirred the heart of Cyrus. When the time had come, now get this, Cyrus was not a believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But when the time for what God wanted to do had come to pass, God stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing. Now this is a powerful king. Persia was the one governing the world at the time, basically because of their military strength. Nobody could stand and they were invincible, indestructible army. And he was the king of Persia. And this Persian empire in those days expanded from Iran to Iraq to India. It was a massive kingdom. Their soldiers were terrifying. Nobody chanced them in warfare. And this was the king of that kingdom at the time. That kingdom has now been reduced to smaller nations. And most uh, historians and archaeologists actually say Iran is Persia. In fact, the, the, you, you, um, the um, Committee of Nations stopped calling Iran Persia in the, I believe it was the early 80s. They requested that the European uh, Union and all the other committees of nations around the world should stop calling them Persians, that they are Iranians. But when you check the history, until today, when you look at Persia, Iran has a, an army that's about one million. They and North Korea have the same size. of um, They have one of the largest and most dangerous armies in the world. So looking at all that, you can see from biblical perspective, this, this, this nation still exists. They still speak the language, the Farsi, all of these languages that were spoken. Some of those languages are still spoken till this very day. Some have disappeared. But here's the point. 
Ezra was not talked about until later. So we see that Cyrus is being mentioned. And I want to make a point here that when it's time for God to move, he can move and use anyone. I want you to say it after me. When it's time for God to move, he can use anyone. God can use anything. Human beings, inanimate and animate objects, God can use anything. So when it was time to fulfill the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah, he stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it through his kingdom. Let's read the proclamation. Let's go to verse 2. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. You see, he knows his authority. He said, he has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah. This was around 530 BC, 530 years before Christ was born. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple. Open check to the people who have been slaves for 70 years. He said, to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. May your God be with you. You know, in all of history, in all of academia, there has been a thread that has been, you know, coming through where you can ignore it if you like, because the academic mind considers this to be fairy tales. This is how right now Joy Fountain is part of that thread, and we are working here. We gather every Sunday. We, people come, people go. We, it's, it's, it, the, we, including the disruptions that we have when we're at Miles Mark and when we came here. All of the disruptions with uh, summer, they are moving us here and there. Sometimes you don't even know which door to go to, to, to come into the building. But we continue because of a call, because of an assignment, because of what God has said should be done. Where it's whoever comes in here will receive the word of God and be blessed. Whoever is prayed for here will get a miracle if they submit to that prayer. If they come and say, I need to be prayed for. Whoever comes here can receive joy. It's, a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's all about what God has said. We can stop it or we can receive it. All of history, God has been weaving a thread. So you can see 530 years before Christ, Cyrus, actually historians call him Cyrus the Great. So you can Google Cyrus the Great. When you Google it, you'll find out that historians and archaeologists refer to the biblical account for their own, to, to, for, the, for proper alignment. Most historians and archaeologists go to the Bible even though they don't believe and they use um, 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 certain maps and coders to find where these locations are. Some of them have moved from where it was before. But back to Ezra. We're talking about divine timing. So we don't hear about Ezra until later. And this is what this king is saying. He says any of you are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord. And he says may your God be with you. Let's go to verse. Uh, let's keep going. Wherever this Jewish remnant is found, let their neighbors contribute toward their expenses by giving them silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock, as well as a voluntary offering for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Where did he get all this from? This is a king who worships another God. But because timing has come, God can use what? Anyone. God can use anything. <laughs> 
But all of these, yes, I think some people might have been discouraged. They might have felt, you know what? God doesn't even remember we are here anymore. He's forgotten us. Verse 5. Let's go to verse 5. It says, Then God stirred the hearts of the priests and Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Friends, when it is time for God to do something in your life, He will stir people you don't even think. People you never imagined. People who are sitting on and, and just resting on their and just like, oh, you know. People who have saved money in an account and thought, oh, you know, I am going to do such and such. And then God says, no, actually, you are putting that money in that account for my church. Go and bring it to work. It's now time. It's time. And they will write the check. Very easy. It will be easy for them to write $100,000, half a million, one million. It will be so easy. <laughs> because it is what? It is time. It is time. It is time. Divine time is not the same as human time. Somebody said once that it appears as if God walks in decades. I don't, I don't have proof of it from scripture. But when you look at it, it's like 10 years, 10 years, it's like 5 years. It's like you put on this and it's like suddenly something happens and you look back and go, wow. So all this while, this is why this was like this. So we see Ezra coming up later and we hear to, we see two major uh, 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 let me put it this way first God stirs the heart of the king then God stirs the heart of the people there's a point I want to make here second point if God does not stir the hearts of the people the king would make the decree and they will do it according to what the king wants not according to what God wants so the king can say I want all of you to go back to go to Jerusalem and do this work because he's the king. Guess what? They'll go. But there'll be a lot of grumbling. And they will do it. And they'll, you know, some people will drink a Tim Hortons cup of coffee and throw the cup into the walls of the temple and say, well, after all, we'll cover it up. It's, you know, they'll be so, you know. But when God stares the heart of the people, it wouldn't only be the voice of the king that they are hearing, but they'll also hear the voice of God's spirit saying, this is what you must do. The Bible says God stirred the hearts of the priests and the Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. This is what will happen for you when God says it is time. You have paid the price. You have done what you need to do. Things begin to come together in an amazing way. It begins to surprise you. Honestly, honestly. I know that for a truth because it is the word of God. Is the scripture. The Bible says in verse 6, all their neighbors assisted by giving them articles of silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock. They gave them many valuable gifts in addition to all the voluntary offerings. They were willing because God was moving over the people. When the time comes, God moves over different groups of people. People that don't even believe him suddenly start cooperating with the church because it is time because it is time okay i had told you that in isaiah chapter 45 from verse 1 to 13 i will not go into reading that but actually let's let's go to isaiah 45 verse 1 isaiah 45 and and i will just read verse 1 just to just to kind of buttress something there isaiah 45 it says this is what the lord says to cyrus his anointed one Remember I said Isaiah prophesied how many years before? 
200 and some years before this king came to the throne. He said, uh, uh, this is the, what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened, never to shut again. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus. So Cyrus is not a believer. This is why sometimes people look at someone. God can put anybody in a presidential, in a prime ministerial, in a, in a, in a, a, a city council, any office. God can take anyone that nobody thought, nobody imagined, nobody, and just say, this is what I want you to do this is how you are going to do it and why we don't even know the contract that exists between the person and god we don't even know because we are not sensitive to the spirit we don't know god is at work <laughs> this is why we need to be close to the lord and ask him what are you doing so that we don't speak like those who are unwise look at verse 13 it says in Isaiah 45, it says, I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose. I will what? Raise up Cyrus. So who is the Cyrus around your life? Who is the Cyrus in your profession? Who is the Cyrus in your relationships, in your work? There are people that God had placed in line waiting for you. It's not every time that Christians, the blessing of the Lord is not always going to come from believers around you. In fact, you will be surprised that it's coming from an area where you least expect it. Why? Because God is God. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and what? And the fullness in it. But if we're not looking out, if we're not open, if we're not flexible, we will miss what God has ordained. You know, many of us have already decided how God is going to bless us, how God is going to make the way. We have it all figured out. And this is a big problem. You can't figure it out. What did I just say? You can't figure it out. You can't figure it out. <laughs> if he does not reveal it to you, in fact, if he reveals it to you, you have to go back and ask him, what does it mean? Approve it. You know, he asked the prophet Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see an almond tree, right? Say, okay, so what does it mean? So, well, that's a hard one. <laughs> you tell me what it means. The same thing with Ezekiel. The same thing with Isaiah. God will say, what do you see? Now, you tell me. Tell me what does it mean. No, you tell. This, is, this tells us we have to go back to him and say, I got this revelation, but God, what are you saying? What are you actually saying? What are you saying? You know, this message you are hearing today, you can go back online and watch it in the next couple of days. Watch it. And then ask, what, what are you saying to me? This is a very important and critical time. As we cross the half of this year, we're asking the Lord, what are you saying to me? Lord, what are you saying? Because that's what keeps us going. It's what God tells us. Man shall not live by what? By bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to hear God because his word is like gas, like fuel to our lives. <clears throat> now, I said we didn't hear about Ezra. We had only we had about the king. We had about uh, uh, the the people who are stirred up, the neighbors who are stirred up. There were other people too who are stirred up. If you go to chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, you read through, you see all these other people who are stirred up. You see the altar altar was rebuilt. They traveled to Jerusalem. They did a lot of work. They even had opposition and all that. All this while, the person that they are writing about has not surfaced, friends. Just because nobody called you, just because nobody is talking to you, just because uh, you are not part of a certain circle does not mean you are not valuable or important or God doesn't have a purpose for your life. 
When time comes to do what God has called you to do, specific assignments. Remember, we are serving the Lord every day. We should be. But if there's a specific thing you know in your heart, or if there's an area you know, or there's something bubbling in your heart about where you are to go, please, I want you to understand that in due season, the Lord will make a way. So here is Ezra. We don't hear anything about him until chapter 7, verse 1. And it says, many years later, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, so Cyrus is gone. Another king comes us and his name is Artaxerxes. That's difficult to pronounce, okay? He says, there was a man named Ezra. So the book about Ezra is only in the seventh chapter. We now hear. Now remember, this Bible was not written with chapters, all of these books. Editors put chapters there to make it easy for modern people to read. Because we're too busy. We always want to read a few and run away. In those days, people will sit down and read and read and read until they are soaked. So, Ezra, we hear about Ezra much later in the text. He was the son of Sariah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah. And on and on, we are hearing about this. In verse 8, it says, Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in August of that year. He had arranged to leave Babylon on April 8th, the first day of the new year. And he arrived at Jerusalem on August 4th. For the gracious hand of God was on him. His God was on him. God's gracious hand was on who? On who? On Ezra. Why do you think God's hand was on Ezra? Let's look at verse 10. <coughs> Read verse 10, everybody. This was because... Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. He was a priest. Ezra's assignment was to come and restore temple worship. It's one thing to build a temple. It's another thing to worship God correctly in his temple. While it is important to build a temple, it is more important to what? Worship in the temple. It's important to build the temple. But it's also very, very important to Worship correctly in the temple. So he had to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. Our nation today, Canada, suffers from a lack of people being taught correctly. Some people don't know how to eat on the table. Some people don't know how to talk to people. Some people don't know how to respect their elders. The things that are important, and the people wonder why people have so many mental issues. When the foundation is destroyed, what shall the righteous do? When people are not taught to respect their elders, how will they be elders? That's why they are killing themselves before their time. Jumping out of windows. Throwing chairs out of windows to hurt people on the street. For what, what, what reason? To have more Instagram likes and what, what not. While other people are using Instagram to, to better that, uh, and do better things, some people are using it to show. You know, even someone committed suicide on the on, on internet the other day just to... You know, think, think, okay, well, after I commit the suicide, I'll look at it and see what people are doing. <laughs> You're done. To teach the decrees and regulations to the people. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what the Lord is saying. But I love what the scripture says. The Bible says that this was because Ezra had determined. Please use the word determined, somebody. Say determined. Say it loud and clear. Determined. In New King James Version, he said Ezra had prepared in his heart. He was prepared in his heart. Which means that while he was in that land of Persia as a person who did not have rights 
Because he was, they were brought in as slaves, conquered. They were, maybe he was even born there. I don't know his history, whether he was born there or not. In 70 years, he might have been born there. So he didn't know any other life. But here is this Ezra preparing in his heart. Before the hand of God came upon him, God saw that his heart was prepared. God saw that he has what prepared. He was not only prepared to teach it. The Bible said that he was determined to study and obey. Here's the point, friends. We may have been discouraged by things that are happening in our society. We may have been discouraged by things that have happened in the church. We may have been discouraged by a Christian, a false brother or sister, who said, oh, let's do business together. And then they turned against you or they took the profit and ran away. Or they did things that, how many of us have actually been treated bad by some believers? Or maybe you have been treated bad by, or you have treated somebody bad. But the, the, the past is gone. God is not judging you on your past because he's waiting with arms and saying, I want to make things right. I want to, you know, he's, he says, you know, he, he's giving you a future and a hope. To teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel, he was prepared in his heart to teach the decrees. How prepared are we to search for ourselves, find out what he's saying? And I'm going to close with a story here, um, and it's very, very powerful. So Ezra was picked by God. God's hand came upon him because God had been watching and saw that he was prepared. Friends, if we are prepared to see what it says and prepared to do what it says, God said, if you show, <laughs> if, you, um, if you take my word, if you take me at my word, I will show up at my word. If you take me at my word, I will show up at my word. Now say this with me. If you take me at my word, I will show up at my word. Now you know what happens to us many times, even to me. When we are to take him at his word, we get distracted by the things being hurled at us. By the enemy. There's a man by the name of Bak Singh. He founded the Hebron Ministries in India. In 1926, he went to England to study engineering. Then he decided to travel to Canada. He came to University of Winnip uh, Manitoba in 1929 and continued his engineering program. While he was here, he met Mr. and Mrs. Hayford. Hayward, sorry, Hayward. They lived in Winnipeg in 1929. They were Christians. So they asked him, since you don't have a place to say, come and live with us. So every evening while living with Mr. and Mrs. Hayward, he would notice that they would bring out their Bible after supper and read. So he asked them, why are you reading that book? Because way back in his life, he had torn a Bible to shreds. So he said, because you are so committed, so dedicated to this book. Why? What are you? So they told him they are Christians and that, you know, and he, he said he liked them, how they were, their behavior, the way they, they were just nice people. So they gave him a Bible as a gift. He started reading it. In 1932, he gave his life to Christ and he was baptized in Vancouver. The fire of God erupted within him. Mr. and Mrs. Hayward were not pastors. They were not preachers. They're just people who read their Bible every day at home in Winnipeg in 1929. But while they were doing that, God's hand was upon them. Brought Bak Singh into their home. Bak Singh returned to India in, uh, uh, in 1936. Upon arrival in Bombay, he told his parents at the airport, he said, I am now a Christian. The parents said, keep your mouth shut. Don't bring dishonor to our family. 
So what happened was he said, no, I can't. It's the, I, I'm too excited. The joy I have. So they threw him out of the house. So Baxing began to preach from street to street, street to street, and crowds were gathering. And he would pray for people and they would be healed. I saw, things were just happening. You can Google Baxing, B-A-K-H-T, sing. He started a ministry called Hebron Ministries. He lived for 97 years. He died in the year September 17, uh, 2000. Bak Singh went to plant 10,000 churches in India and Southeast Asia in his lifetime. He is said to be the foremost authority on the scriptures in India, respected. In fact, they said there is no, you can, if you think you want to compare, maybe Watchman Nee of China or that was, the, he, he has influenced so many people. Ravi Zacharias was a very young boy. You know Ravi Zacharias? When he was, when, when Baxing was in the, and he learned a little from him. But Baxing was a man of the scripture. He understood the scripture so, it was amazing. The power that flowed from his ministry. Yet, he wasn't, he didn't go to a, a Billy Graham crusade. He, Baxing only came to Winnipeg and was living on, with, in Mr. and Mrs. Hayward's house. They gave him a Bible. 10,000 churches have been planted. You Google Hebron Ministries of India, you will see. He's written so many books over time and has impacted so many people all over the world. All because God brought him here and there was somebody who read their Bible every supper. <laughs> they had no idea God was preparing them to show back sing the way to him. Let's pray together today. God can use anybody. But that you, we have to be prepared so that when the time comes, it will be like lighting a candle that is just ready to be lit. So let's pray together. My time is fast spent. Let's just thank the Lord for the word that we have received today. Let's give him praise and let's pray and say, God, use me. Help me to prepare for the time that you have ordained. Help me to prepare for the time that you have ordained. Help me, Lord, to prepare for the time that there's, you, there's something you are doing. There's some place you are taking us to. Help us to be prepared to do what we need to do, preparing for you for the time that you will reveal yourself in a greater way, in a brighter way, in a deeper way than we have ever known. Help us, O oh God, to be an impact to somebody who is passing through our home, through our city, through our lives, through our workplace. Use us, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Have you been blessed this morning? Amen. Let's put our hands together for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.